For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. 
Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all of the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble host, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and uh, welcoming all of you to the show. Whether you're listening, actually, as we live broadcast this on Sunday afternoon, or if you're listening in the archives or one of the many other locations like Spreaker.com, TuneIn.com, uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, you know, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. Thank you for taking that time. And for those of you who are listening bright and early Monday morning at uh, KYAH, Utah's Talk Authority, thank you for uh, tuning in as I bring a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah's Talk Authority. Well, what do you say we get to it, uh, boys and girls? There's some stories we need to get to, and I will be joined a little bit later in this particular live broadcast by Mr. Ron Edwards, uh, of course, host of the Edwards Notebook uh, Commentaries and also the Ron Edwards Experience, great one-hour program. And anyway, before he joins us, let's get into some of the stuff I wanted to talk a little bit about. We've we've been talking to a degree about how this is being thrown up at the state level. Uh, several Democrats have been trying to push this notion, this idea. It is not surprising because we talked about exactly why they wanted to do this. But now at the national level, at the federal level, we had a majority of House Democrats this past Wednesday vote to lower the federal age for voting. They want to bring it down from 18 to 16. Now, a number of high-profile Democrats voted in favor of the legislation, including California Representatives Adam Schiff, Eric Sowell, Maxine Waters, Ted Lieu, you know, and uh, Democratic presidential candidate uh, Tulsi Gibbard also. So, you know, okay. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and of course everyone's favorite anti-Semite, uh, not that she doesn't already have some anti-Semitic colleagues mentioned, but Miss Elhan Omar. Uh, Democratic Massachusetts Representative Anna Presley introduced the legislation this past Tuesday evening in an amendment to the House Democrats for the People Act which would overhaul federal laws uh, on elections. Presley's amendment fell short at 126 to 305. Uh, House Democrats voted 125 to 108 in favor of Presley's amendment, with two members voting present and three members not voting. House Republicans, of course, voted against the amendments 197 to 1. Texas Representative Michael Burgess was the only Republican to vote on behalf of this ridiculous amendment. Presley cited teen activists pushing for gun control as a reason to give 16-year-olds the right to vote, which she compared to having a driver's license. No. I'm sorry, Ms. Presley. Having a driver's license means that you can drive your car into the ditch. Having the right to vote means that you can go a long way towards driving the entire nation into the ditch. Look, there's a reason while it was an act of Congress that reduced the voting age down to 18 in the first place. There's a certain responsibility that goes with voting. There's a certain expectation that 
you're going to have the best interest of the entire nation, not just your own individual best interest at heart when you place votes for overall programs, platforms, and individual candidates who promise to uphold these things. That reason being uh, that it is in fact the fate of the nation. It is in fact the difference between uh, a military coup forcing a great republic like ours into a socialist regime as opposed to the dream of the democratic socialist, and that is we just vote ourselves into it with no real to, realistic way out short of military action. We must keep in mind 16 and 17-year-olds lack life experience. Now, granted, not every 16 and 17-year-old goes on, garners a great deal of life experience, and is the better for it. Some people never change their views from that point in time, which either means they're never adequately exposed to different ideas or they're simply so close-minded or such a great brainwashing job was done on those that indoctrinated them that they never gave that an opportunity. They never gave it a second thought. They bought into the notion that the other side are bad guys. The other side are demons. The other side are horrific, anti-humanistic creatures that are just here to make life miserable, which of course is what all leftists try and convince all children, uh, all conservatives happen to be. They don't always succeed. Thankfully, there are a lot of people that go through their younger years a firebrand of activism and believing in the utopian ideas until they get to a certain point in their life and they realize that it simply isn't sustainable. And in many cases, it's simply not achievable in the first place. And it's not because it's not a beautiful dream as the dream is sold. It's not as if humans couldn't ascend beyond their baser instincts, get past their uh, inner demons. It's not like that's not possible. What is possible is that all of humanity simply doesn't have that goal when they try to institute the utopian dream. Because you see, in the minds of your average everyday activist, the utopian dream is about making life better for everyone, and that's reason to give them a little pat on the back and say, that's good. It's a good goal. It's a good dream, and you should keep fighting for that, but you should take a long, hard look at how they're asking you to get there. <laughs> you should take a long, hard look at who is asking you to get there because do these people who are organizing you… Is their goal that same thing, or is their goal more along the lines of a population without firearms is easier to control? A population without critical thinking is easier to control. A population that still thinks that people who talk about God and love of country are actually racist and bigoted haters… Well, that population is also easier to control until the point that you flame them so far into believing that they can take their activism to any extremes they want and the ends justify the means, and then you end up like Nancy Pelosi trying to hurt a bunch of cats. 
Now, again, we're not saying that 16-year-olds shouldn't have a say in certain things. And we're not saying they shouldn't be heard and shouldn't be able to express themselves. But what I am saying is that there should be some serious consideration into moving the legal voting age back up somewhere around 25, 26 maybe as opposed to down to 16. And it's not because I want to take that voice away from young Americans, but it is because younger Americans are still more susceptible to outside influences without utilizing their own critical thinking and without deciding for themselves. So if you really want to talk about who should have a right to vote and who shouldn't, it should come down to the folks who have the most skin in the game. And when you start fleshing that out, then you may find a lot of people who currently vote, regardless of age, probably shouldn't be allowed to. And that's not me talking or calling for open voter suppression. That's just me saying common sense needs to be returned to our voting constituents, period. It might, just might, push to some common sense returning to our elected officials. All right. Well, that being said, and uh, again, keep watching. It's not over. We'll see this again. The Democrats want to do this primarily because they want more young voters because they know young voters are more likely to vote for them. Just the same as they also were pushing to uh, allow illegals to vote in local elections. And some are saying that they're even looking to let them start voting in national elections. Now, they're not willing to openly call for that very frequently just yet, but they know as well as the rest of us who's paying attention that in sanctuary places like the entire state of California, where as soon as you get your driver's license, you're automatically registered to vote, and you're encouraged to vote in local elections regardless of your legal status, they know there's a lot of looking the other way and verifying what that legal status is when it comes time to vote for the federal blocks. Now, again, that's not me saying that every single person that works uh, in these uh, election commissions and in their efforts to verify – it's not saying they're all corrupt. There are a lot of good people that are volunteering, giving up their own time to try and do this. I understand that. I acknowledge it. But let's not kid ourselves. The overall goal by those people that are higher up on the food chain than those folks is to try to make sure that as many illegal votes get counted as if they're legitimate as they possibly can. Again, because they suspect that those voters are going to back their agendas, not the other side. That's why we're going to see them continue to try and push these notions. Illegals and 16-year-olds and up. Not a good idea, but uh, they're not going to give up on it. More to the point, they're going to have a lot of 16- and 17-year-olds over the next couple of years talking about how they should have the right, and they're going to try and convince a lot of you people. So just, just be ready for it. All right. Now, we this past weekend, Saturday actually, had this little event that a gotten to be a bit of an annual festivity. A lot of leftist-leaning idealists tend to get together. Uh, it's, it's known as South by Southwest. 
This is a little conference now. It used to be just a festival. Now it's conferences and festivals. And they get all kinds of people to show up. Now politicians have started showing up, especially if they're part of the firebrand or part of the fresh spaces or somebody that's just looking to get some attention for a potential upcoming campaign, for example. In this case, Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez suggested during her talk on Saturday that, first of all, that America is garbage. And she also said that uh, former President Ronald Reagan presented a, a racist vision. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The country that literally pitted white working class people against minorities and others in an effort, and this is actually a quote, to screw over all working class Americans. Now, Ocasio-Cortez made the remarks while she was speaking at the South by Southwest Conference and Festivals uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, quoting now, one perfect example. I think a perfect example of how special interest and the powerful have pitted white working class Americans against brown and black working class Americans in order to just screw over all working class Americans is Reaganism in the 80s. When he started talking about welfare queens. So you think about this image of welfare queens and what he was really trying to talk about was this like really resentful vision of essentially black women who were doing nothing that were sucks on our country. This is actually her language, by the way. And it's this whole tragedy of the commons type of thinking where it's like because of these one – this one specific group of people that you're are already kind of subconsciously primed to resent, you give them a, a different reason that's not explicit racism but still rooted in a racist caricature. It gives people a logical reason. A logical reason to say, oh yeah, no, toss out the whole society, blah, 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 toss out the whole social safety net. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second because I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. I don't know how many conservatives out here are legitimately calling for an end to the social safety net. I know some people out of anger will occasionally make that statement. 
I've heard a few folks here and there, but these are mostly outliers, and most of them are simply speaking in a very broad base under an extreme circumstance, and they don't truly mean to completely dismantle the system. Although I have heard a few folks here and there who actually do say exactly that and probably do mean exactly that. And in either case, it's fine. Both those cases, these people are more outliers among generally what American conservatism looks like. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're wrong in their intention because in truth, the whole social network and the social notion of this safety net, it is an overreach. The federal government has no constitutional authority to do it. That doesn't mean that states can't be involved in doing something similar. But at the end of the day, I don't hear that many conservatives, and I certainly don't hear any office-holding Republicans talking about an end to the social network, the safety net, the, the, the idea that if something goes terribly wrong that – the government has means to assist you until you can get back on your feet, which actually is what a safety net would do. It's not what social assistance does anymore. It's more like a net to catch you, and then they never want to let you out. They want to convince you that there's no real reason for you to work your way back up. There's no reason for you to get back on your feet. So this is crap from the beginning. And what Ronald Reagan was talking about when he was talking about Welfare Queens as he was talking about a group of people that were gaming the system, that didn't need all the assistance they were getting. And if your first thought is that he's talking about black people, then maybe it's not Ronald Reagan who was the racist with the racist policy. Maybe it's you, Ms. Cortez. Maybe it is you, AOC, who's quick to try and gauge what someone else is saying because of your own precepts, because of your own prejudices, because of your own ideas and imagery that's running around inside your own tiny little brain. Maybe that's you and not Ronald Reagan and certainly not the vast majority of conservatives in this country. But I'll continue because Ms. Cortez wasn't done. Asked just a few moments after that about her Green New Deal for Medicare for All and the $15 an hour minimum wage, then Ms. Ocasio-Cortez suggested that America is in decline and that the current state of America is, and I quote, garbage. I know that that's typically the idea that most socialists running around in this country have, and let's be fair, most leftists, and a good number of people who actually tend to vote Democratic. This is something that most of them have in common. Again, not all, but a lot of them do have it in common. They're not willing to say it so bluntly. They're not willing to be so upfront about it. And part of the reason why Democratic Party leadership really, really don't like Ocasio-Cortez is on the one hand, she is a working, blithering gaff machine of biblical proportions. But on the other hand, most of her gaffes is where she is making the horrible mistake for the Democratic Party of being blatantly honest about what they think. See, the party tends to lose votes. The party tends to lose support when people like Ms. Cortez… 
speaks the honest truth about how they really feel in regards to this kind of messaging. These are some of the things she's championing, and I would like to know how Ms. Cortez believes that if America is in its current state already garbage and just getting worse, how she thinks that we can support the type of funding any of these individual measures would require, let alone all three of them. But anyway, she says, quote, I think the thing that is really hard for people to sometimes see is that when we were on this path of slow erosion and a slow, 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 just like move away from what we've always been, we'll be a hundred miles. You'll, you know, you won't even realize that you've drifted a hundred miles. So when someone's talking about our core, it's like, oh, this is radical. But this isn't radical. This is what we've always been. Now, in her like totally unbridled and totally unpolished way of saying this, she's actually right. But where she's missing the point of what her own words are telling her is it's not conservatism that's pushing our culture to drift away from what we've always been, to drift away from our core as America. It's the leftist agenda to push away from the Constitution, to push away from freedom of expression and freedom of speech, to push away from the very notions that this nation was founded in an exceptional way. With an exceptional purpose, and that her people, when they hold true to the concepts of individual liberty and individual responsibility, they themselves become exceptional too. American exceptionalism is a real thing. We are not the cause of all the evils and darkness in the world. We are the shining light that helps these other nations find a way through, or at least that's what we were, and that's what we should strive to become once again. That's where we belong. We have a lot of friends in other countries that believe as we do, and they need to see us doing these things so they can continue the fight in their own homes. American exceptionalism doesn't have to be limited to just America. But to pretend as if there's no such thing as much as the left wants to do is just wrong. She smokes a lot of truth here because she's talking about incrementalism, and this incrementalism is a tool of the left… It's a tool that's been used to dismantle our constitution and to take our citizens' eyes off of our ultimate goal, and that is to be free, free of government tyranny. And the ways that we remain free of government tyranny is to embrace individual freedoms, not a collective group, to embrace individual responsibility. You you make a mess, you clean it up. You make a mistake that is criminal, you pay the price, you move on. If you have a misstep of any kind, 
No one else is required to bail you out. That doesn't mean that others who are willing can't help you, but it does mean you should expect to stand on your own. You should expect that this is your best to clean up. And if you are so lucky or so blessed to have others in and around your life, whether it's friends, family, church family, whatever that may be, if you have those people there that are willing to help you, there's nothing wrong with that. There is something inherently wrong with expecting a federal government to use police powers to round up whatever resources are necessary to clean up your mess from people that live four, six, uh, ten states away, and they have to pay their part to clean up your mess, and you just sit back and expect that that should be there. That is wrong. Most of us rarely take the time to stop and think about it in those terms. But we must. We must take a deep breath. No matter where we're at on the spectrum, whether we are financially whatever, whether we are politically aligned in whatever, we should take a few moments to really look at what is different about America from its founding to its present day and then look at what's best about it. And let's build on that instead of trying to tear the whole thing down based on a few mistakes that have been made along the way because things that are done in this world by people fundamentally eventually will show flaws, cracks, failures. These things are inevitable, but it's not a measure of the power of the idea when there's a failure. It's a measure of the people involved in bringing that idea to life. Now, these socialists will try and use a similar sounding speak in trying to encourage other people to follow them, but they have nothing to back it up. There is no positive example anywhere in the history of the world of socialism ever working, collectivism ever working, communism ever working. There is none. But freedom, liberty, the more it's tried, the more it's coveted, the more it's embraced, the more it is the guiding principle, the more success that bodes from it. But at the same time, the more enemies it attracts as well. It's those enemies, the leftist, the would-be socialist, the people that want to be that next step, that want to throw away the Constitution. Those are the people that must – they must be ignored. They're free to speak. This is America. But we as a people must ignore those voices and continue to move forward with individual liberty, individual responsibility, and one eye on the prize of American exceptionalism. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead to the Edwards Notebook and the Songs and Stories of Veterans Tip of the Day, and then we will continue upon my return. I've actually got two Edwards Notebooks, uh, so we'll be doing both of those. I'll split them up with the thing in between. So stay with me, guys. I will be right back. America is at war whether you choose to believe it or not. Hello, I'm 
Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. The recent Michael Cohen hearings on Capitol Hill, while President Trump negotiated a hefty economic trade agreement with Vietnam and tried to improve things with North Korea, the political enemies in this country were trying their best to politically undermine and embarrass the president with the Congressional Spectacle Circus, featuring Cohen the Clown, who spewed petty accusations. Cohen claimed that President Trump didn't really want or expect to win the presidency. Then later he said that Trump wanted to win at all costs. Hmm. The Democrats hoped the Cohen appearance would sink the Trump presidency, not because he did something wrong, mind you, but because Trump has dared to defy the uber-internationalists and seek to obey the Constitution and govern on behalf of the American people first and speak out against the evil plots, plans, and tricks of the Democrat Socialist Party. So yes, my friend, there is a political war in our republic. What side are you on? I'm Ron Edwards. Join me Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericaMatters.us, SHR Media, and 12 a.m. Sundays on Talk. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. America Radio Network. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Dan Perkins here with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. An important stride was taken on March the 5th when the president signed an executive order creating the PREVENTS program, specifically designed to address the problem of veteran suicide and homelessness in the United States. The president pointed out that nearly 70% of all veteran suicides are by vets who have never been in contact with the VA. Another part of this new program will provide money for homeless vets to buy housing for themselves and their families. We have to do a better job of helping inform vets what options they have to improve the quality of their lives. Here is your tip of the day. If you hear this spot, go to your nearest VA facility and ask for help. Tell them you want to know about the new Prevents program. You can also go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us for updates. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. The United States of America was founded on Christian principles, and to this day, many government officials still recognize God in both the House and the U.S. Senate. So what's eating people who want to get rid of a memorial of valor shaped like a cross? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, on one hand, leftist Democrats want to flood America with Muslims, and when they can get away with it, government school educators force students to learn about and practice Islamic rituals in American classrooms. Now, mind you, these are the same educators and others 
who shout separation of church and state and forbid the mention of Christmas and even pictures of Santa Claus. So it is well established that American leftists are hypocrites who hate the United States and the many good Christian values that made her the envy of the world. So now they advocate for the removal of a nearly 100-year-old 40-foot cross memorial that honors Maryland residents who died in World War I. If certain people are offended by the cross, they might consider our freedom of or freedom from religion. Grow up and leave our memorials alone. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericanMatters.us, SHR Media, and 12 a.m. Sundays on Talk America Radio Network. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by David E. Garrett Jewelers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us through that ever-brief break, uh, playing the double shot of Ron Edwards, uh, at least for the next few days. Uh, glad to see that Alaska COG and Vorpal Byte has joined us both in the chat room. Uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have uh, both of you with me. Uh, we will be joined a little bit later for those of you listening live at the BTR platform, a little bit later by Ron Edwards here in the second hour of the show. But for those of you listening to KYAH 5:40 a.m., it will actually be on tomorrow morning's show. So tune back in again tomorrow morning to hear what uh, the host of the Edwards Notebook Commentaries and, of course, uh, the Ron Edwards Experience uh, will be discussing with me. Now, let's continue. Uh, after all, uh, there was another, I think, story worthwhile, not that there's usually a whole lot worthwhile talking about that comes out of this South by Southwest Festival stuff, but uh, – as you know by now, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz has been just kind of, um, well, stirring the pot, if you will. A lot of Democrats don't like the idea that this guy may be considering not only running, but running as an independent for the office of president. He doesn't want to run in the uh, Democratic Party. So a lot of Democrats are upset. A lot of leftists are upset because he could very well take away a lot of votes from whoever the Democratic nominee ends up being. And in fact, the leftists believe in all their stuff so heavily, they can't imagine a scenario where they could possibly lose to the kicker of puppies and eater of babies, Donald J. Trump, in the next general election unless there is an outside influence like Howard Schultz who will peer off, according to most polling data at this point, show somewhere between four to one as far as voters who would typically vote for the Democratic nominee in comparison to those who would vote for Donald J. Trump. So they've been kind of upset about it. They've said all kinds of things. They've attacked him at every turn, and quite honestly, I don't know how serious Howard Schultz was about running for president when he first kind of threw it out there. I think maybe he had just been toying with the idea and wanted to see what the reaction was. But when these people started so blatantly and boldly attacking him, knowing that he himself has went well out of his way, bent over backwards multiple times publicly to back the positions that a lot of these social justice warriors have pushed forward, forced on the American public, bullied Americans into silence, all of these things that they've tried to motivate, everything from the idea of not saying Christmas uh, 
during the month of December to not caring if veterans uh, – well, I actually forget better – not caring if our active duty soldiers received care packages from their company because he didn't support the, the war that they were participating in. All kinds of stuff. The good reasons why conservatives, particularly Christians, should not even consider this gentleman when it comes to voting for him for anything higher than the rank of dog catcher. However, Democrats hate him because he also understood that if he was to vote, sorry, if he was to run as a Democrat, they would squash him in the primaries and they'd boot him out. They could control him there. Because you see, he's not radical enough for the base of the party these days. Sadly enough, about half of the current field isn't radical enough for them. I mean, Bernie Sanders isn't socialist enough, and uh, Joe Biden isn't hip enough, and Beto, who's still not even officially in, I don't think, uh, he's still not dark enough, even though his attempt at a faux Hispanic name uh, gives him a little more credo, but he's still like a cool Tony Hawk guy, just without the common sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. They don't like the guy because he actually does understand economics, however, and he understands that business in this country is not the enemy of this country and certainly not the enemy of the Democratic Party. But if you're a socialist, anything that can generate wealth for individuals is problematic. So they don't like him. They don't want him to run as an independent, and they won't let him ever be the nominee if he had decided to run as a Democrat. So in his efforts to run for president, he was already smart enough to know uh, they would just force me out of the field. I'm not Spartacus Booker. I'm not Narc Harris. Uh, I'm not Pocahontas uh, Warren. You know, I, I'm not any of those people. I'm just a guy who has been indoctrinated in the leftist ideology. I, I don't like Christians. I don't care if Christians spend money in my coffee shops. I don't care about our active duty soldiers as long as I'm not currently supporting whatever activities they're involved in. It doesn't matter to me. Lots of reasons for us not to like him. But none of those are the reasons why the Democrats don't. Well, somehow or another, he ended up on the guest list and had the opportunity to speak at one of the conferences at the South by Southwest uh, Conference and festival. I, I remember when this was just a festival. I hate that it's become conferences too. But he made some waves. And of course, one of the things I find very interesting about what's transpired here is the media is portraying it as if he bombed at the festival. I mean, that's what we've been hearing all day today. If you, you looked at even some of the more conservative uh, news outlets that have taken the time to talk about this story, they've discussed how. He was not very well received, and of course he wasn't. South by Southwest is predominantly run by people who are more likely to scream support for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez than they are about somebody who's going to say, you know what? Business is good for America. Jobs are good for America. Let's get back on track and let's tax people in a reasonable fashion. Ooh, you start saying that kind of stuff. You're going to find yourself not welcome in some of these future conferences, I'll tell you. But at any rate, 
some of the things he said that got him in hot water with the lefties. Uh, quote, for us to start moving towards a level of socialism is such an extreme position and something that is inconsistent with the values, the heritage, and the tradition of the country. And that is what Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and others are proposing to try to defeat Donald Trump with a far extreme proposal. Okay, so you see what he did there? He's keeping his viability as a candidate open by naming certain already in the thick of the race candidates, folks that have already announced from the Democratic side, and people who have embraced socialism to varying degrees. Of course, Bernie's all in. Elizabeth Warren, she has made her feelings clear as well. She's prepared to go uh, at least partial socialist. <laughs> But he also is making the point right there that if you want to beat Donald Trump, you don't go extreme. You go mainstream. He's making the point that a lot of these extremists like the Ocasio-Cortezes and the Omars and the Talibs completely ignore because they are the faces and the voices of their constituents, of the districts they're from, but they don't have the sophistication or the understanding that they are only in a position of the dominant party right now, not because of extremists like them, but because of moderates who managed to appeal to voters in districts that Donald J. Trump won in his presidential bid. Those are the places that Democrats took control of the House. Those are the few places where Democrats managed to pick up a seat or two in the Senate. They managed to do this in an, an amazing fashion by appealing to the standard voting base in those districts, and they understand that that's where these races are won and lost, especially at the presidential level. That's what must be done moving forward. He's making that case, and he's the mistake he's making in making the case like that is he suspects that the majority of people that are there and listening, the people that are showing up in attendance at South by Southwest in order to cheer people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are going to be smart enough to understand that that's what he's telling them. He's not being blunt enough. Now, for you, me, uh, people that are used to disseminating information, uh, we can see it pretty clear. I mean I didn't have to lay that out for you. The only reason I lay it out in that fashion over the airwaves like this is for the person that might accidentally come across this and be like, wow, is that really – and then they might go back and reread it and suddenly, that really is what he's saying. You guys, you know. I trust you guys. Anyway, some other things that he said. If Donald Trump runs against one of those types of candidates, it's my belief that Donald Trump will be reelected. That the vast majority of Americans are not going to embrace socialism. He continued on saying, going back to the Green New Deal, in the Green New Deal there is a proposal that says by 2030 every building in America is going to be transformed to clean energy. Now, that's a well-intentioned idea, but it's not – I'm sorry, it's never going to happen. Let's propose things that are true, that are honest, that are sincere, 
and that are realistic. Now, that's the point that he clearly took a shot at AOC. That's the point where he made it clear that if you want to actually reach the American people, if you want to convince them to vote in a trend opposite of what they've been following, then you have to appeal to their better nature, not pie-in-the-sky imagination. You're not going to reach the 45-year-old who just lost his factory job by promising him unicorns that are going to be sneezing rainbows out of their nose while leprechauns are riding on them, which is exactly the type of BS that AOC and her little club happens to be uh, trying to peddle. It's the beautiful dream. It's the childhood naivete. It is this notion that somehow, some way, the world will be a better place if we just will it so. And again, I hate I hate having to make this point. But we just can't get there from here. We're a long way off from there. The truth of the matter is the only way to make the world that way is if we all try and we all try together. And then, then maybe, maybe it would be possible. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But humanity is not there yet. Right now, there are people out there selling that dream, not because they believe in it, but because they believe they'll get to be in charge of it. And they'll be able to control all of you. They'll be able to live at the very top. They'll get to be Mudro in Venezuela. All of us little lowly folks out here in the world, we're going to be having to, to break into zoos for food. And they believe they're going to be eating the, the prime rib, the, the Kobe steaks. They believe with all their hearts that because of whatever their position, whether they're the head politician, whether they're the intellectual elitist that's part of academia that helped to, to convince enough of the America's youth to follow along, whatever position they hold, they believe that's going to make them important enough to receive benefit. They're not in it for the dream. They're in it for greed. That sadly is human nature, and while we may meet people in our daily lives that – transcend that, that genuinely are good people. The sad, sad fact is we also meet a lot of people that are just like what I just described. And as long as there's just two or three of folks like that running around in this little green world, there will be that human corruption, and they will corrupt the dream, and they will make it unattainable. So you know, on, on the one hand, if I thought that AOC believed in any of this stuff for real, I would be willing to applaud her for at least 
being willing to look like the, the childish idiot in hopes of moving the ball forward. But I don't think for a second that this chick believes in any of that. All of these ethics questions that she's already facing, all of these campaign finance reform laws that she has already violated to enrich her boyfriend and to enrich her chief of staff. And you can't tell me some of this hasn't come back around to her in some fashion. You can't tell me that she's doing this out of the goodness of her heart or out of the need to, to lead for the people in her district. Listen to me now very carefully, no matter, no matter where you're at on the political spectrum. It comes out very simply. It's very simply. We have got to stop voting for people who want to be leaders, and we have got to start voting for people who want to be servants. Because that's what we used to have. Had people that were willing to take up their tour. You know, take their turn, do do this. They would answer the call. And then they would go back. They had a life to get back to, and they wanted to get back to it. Now, sometimes, even some of these folks, even back then, thought it might help give them a little more connection. It might be of use for them. They didn't worry so much about padding resumes at the time, but they did worry about who do you know. And it's always good to be able to position yourself as someone who they want to know. Now, there was some of that, and I'm not going to deny that again. I don't want anyone I don't want anyone to think that we're beyond hope. I don't want people to lose faith in humanity. I don't say these things to point out to them that oh we're just it's never going to get any no if if I thought it wasn't going to get any better if I didn't still have faith in human nature I wouldn't bother getting on this behind this microphone and saying any of this. I'd be just like mm, yeah, just another day. I would Suffer in silence. I would come back to my little private room and, and maybe just scream at, at the corner of the wall over here just to get some of it out, and then I'd go about my day. I do this because, number one, I know a lot of you out there that gravitate towards this show. You also need to feel like you're not alone. And sometimes it's good to have another voice also remind you that we do have power. We do have influence. We can connect with other people that are like-minded, and then we can increase our influence. This is why I do this. This is why you guys come here. This is why COGs in the chat room today. This is why Ron will be joining me in a little bit, and it, it's, it's all the same. We need each other. But we're still at a point where we have to be willing to call out those among us who are falling short. Everybody wants to talk about what a beautiful dream socialism is, and I, I'll grant you the whole notion of, of everybody getting along and nobody needing money and everything shared. On its face, it does sound kind of nice, especially 
if you don't want to have to put in the effort to go earn something. It's a little more appealing to those folks. But again, I would direct you to history. I would direct you to the, the simple fact that everywhere collectivism has been tried in any form, it's failed flat on its face. Sometimes it's taken a little longer than other occasions, but uh, regardless of whether it falls apart quickly or falls apart over time, it still falls apart. No economic system has done more to raise more people out of abject poverty than capitalism. Unlike what the socialists would have you believe, unlike what sadly a lot of America's youth today do believe, it is not a zero-sum game out there, boys and girls. It is not a case that in order to become independently wealthy, we must pour people into further dire straits. It's not necessary. Those who have the the sheer willpower and the creativity to create something new, to bring something of value to this world that people are going to want. Congratulations, you just created your pathway to individual wealth. And more importantly, if enough people want it, you've also created a pathway for other people to acquire their piece of that pie too. If I work for Apple Computers and I just created the iPhone, guess what? I'm not the only one getting rich from that. The guys who run the stores that sell my product are now one step closer to their independence economically. The people that work in that store and use that experience to move up the food chain, if you will, either within that company or into another company, they just moved up. These things touch people in ways that we rarely consider, but we have to completely ignore them. If we're ever going to buy into the myth that socialism is better than capitalism, if we're ever going to buy into the myth that capitalism is evil, if we're ever even going to buy into the myth that an economic system that permits there to be people going home uh, in the evenings and going to bed hungry while at the same time there are people like Jeff Bezos who, who has private helicopters and private yachts and billions of dollars that they can just flush down the toilet and never miss, that somehow that very system is immoral… It's a lie. It's a myth, and it can be debunked by simply understanding that lots of people throughout the centuries that, that, that this nation has stood, that, that the system has been allowed to work, lots of people have managed to go literally from being dirt poor, poor the likes of which we don't see in this country anymore… Poor, the likes of which most Americans can't even imagine, still exist in other parts of the world. People who are that dirt poor, and they've managed to rise themselves up out of that and attain the highest standards. We have a system that allows for that, and it doesn't necessitate that you take advantage of people. It doesn't necessitate that you bribe people. It doesn't necessitate buy your way in because guess what? The, the dirt poor folks, they didn't have anything to start with but their idea and their work ethic. 
They convince somebody else to invest, somebody to believe in them, and the next thing you know, multiple people are benefiting, and sometimes it's countless numbers of people. Henry Ford, like him, hate him, doesn't matter. His legacy in the automotive industry in this country, it didn't just make him wealthy. It brought a lot of people up from the lower echelons of our economic system to the middle class, and in some cases much higher. He's just one example of how capitalism works. He's just one example of how millions of people benefit from his efforts. And all it takes is for you to take a few minutes of your own research, to take a few minutes of your own time to go through and look and see, and then before you know it, ta-da, capitalism makes a case for itself. And then if you take enough time to take a look at what our government does right now when it intervenes, we don't have a true free market system. We would be better off if we did. Now… That doesn't mean there wouldn't be pain. That wouldn't mean that there wouldn't be failure. But that goes back to that individual responsibility. Better off when the people who are going to help us are helping us by their choice because those same folks are most often willing to help us more. And when the government intervenes, when they take what we have to do exactly that… They're not engaging in helping you. They're engaging in theft for others. Quick shout-out to Chief, who's uh, joined us uh, just a little bit ago in the chat room, host of Simple Facts of Life, approaching the downside of the first hour. So we're going to set the show up for reset. So let me do the usual sign-off bit for those of you listening to KYAH 540 AM. Uh, thank you for listening as I bring a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah's Talk Authority. And remember, everybody, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in a little effort and, more importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. So if you're listening live, stay with me. The next hour is about to start. If you're listening to KYAH, uh, join me tomorrow morning. And for everybody else listening in the archives or wherever else you're at, uh, guess what? little tunage, reset, and we will continue. So don't go anywhere. I will be right back. Built upon a solid dream Like nothing else the world has seen We built a promise on a dream We built a promise we thirteen We crossed the land bridge Across the ocean A long, long time ago We tracked the herds here Followed fortune on the glacial ice and snow. We came as sailors searching for adventure. We came in from the east. We crossed the ocean, followed fortune, 
and our numbers they increase. Before the people step out to the shore, two thirds of the first ones to die. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, this, of course, is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. And it is now my honor and pleasure to once again welcome back to the show host of the Edwards Notebook Commentaries, heard around the world, and, of course, also host of the Ron Edwards Experience, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, thanks for joining us again. Always great to have you here. And um, how are you today? Doing very well. Thank you so much. And it's an honor to be here and uh, always a good time when when you invite me. All right. Well, you know, uh, we uh, we do spend some time kind of cross-pollinating our, uh, our various shows. I enjoy uh, getting to be a guest on your show as well. You've uh, been very kind and gracious to have me on a few times. It's uh, fantastic to get a, a piece of that audience, and it's a great audience that you have, which is also part of why I enjoy speaking with them. But uh, it's also more fun for me to actually get to speak with you, and that's primarily because you have some really great viewpoints. I find that we typically agree on most things, and on the things that we don't agree on, I still think we're close enough that we can see each other's points, that we can re- respect them, and still just disagree. And you know, I wish more Americans could get back to that mindset instead of if you don't agree with me 100% of the time, you're my enemy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in modern politics, but 
it still is just another symptom of all those things we talk about. Uh, Ron, there's so much to talk about just from this past week, and I know we try to hit on some of the bigger stuff uh, from since the last time you were here, and you're only on once a month. But uh, I, I guess we should start with this whole uh, bill, this resolution that was supposed to be uh, to tell the whole world that Democrats don't stand for anti-Semitism, and then at the end of the day became almost a pro-Sharia thing by the time they played it out, if you take the time to read the whole thing. I've been extremely frustrated with it. I've expressed my frustration throughout the week. I would imagine you have a lot of thoughts you'd like to share on that as well. Well, really not that many. I just uh, look at the whole scenario and how it's, uh, you know, as you so aptly put it, uh, how it is, has evolved into basically a Sharia law situation. Well, that is reflective of the mindset of the Democrat Party anyway. Um, you know, people are looking at uh, these new folks that have, have jumped in, uh, AOC and the two Muslims and the other socialists and all of that. Well, you know, there have been dozens of socialists in the Democrat Party in Congress for a long time, and they have been quietly pushing this stuff anyway. It's just that now they've got these loudmouth twits, you know, coming to the fore in the way that they're doing it. And that's why when you see um, AOC and uh, the others giving, and what's her name, um, Omar, giving their press conferences, you see a bunch of Democrats standing behind them, behind them with smiles on their faces because they're in support of all this. And we, um, and they're reflective of something you said, Tim. You said a few minutes ago how today in political issues, if people disagree, there's this hatred, you're my enemy and all that. Well, I don't like saying this, but I, I'm afraid I have to. The Democrat Party, they are our enemies. And the reason why they get – that is the reason why they get so angry and full of hate when they you see that you disagree with something that they, that they are pushing. They are out to destroy this country literally, and if you disagree with that, of course they want to take your head off most of the time figuratively, but sometimes they uh, show their, their, their ire on college campuses and, and bop people a bit on, upside the head or whatever, and – I'm I'm afraid this is what we what you, we are what we're seeing on the big American stage is what I have seen close up in Black American neighborhoods for decades. If you disagree, if you don't think like we do, we used to call them back in the day the Negro Thought Police, and now you have the American Thought Police, and they're all all of them are on the left. And so we this this further exemplifies what we've agreed to that we are in a literal war um, for this republic. There's 50, 40. I just literally before I called, I uh, was reading another disappointing and sick asinine story where 49.9 or 49.5 percent of young people prefer socialism. And most people that prefer socialism, if you disagree with them. Oh, Lord, Katie bar the door because they turn into these vicious and, and they're, they're full of hatred and, and vitriol because they're, they're out to destroy. And, and look, I mean, if you don't believe me, look at what's happening 
uh, with the leftists and what they're doing in Venezuela. They, they go after people they don't that they, uh, you don't they don't agree with, and I mean it's the mantra of Democrats. I mean they used to kill Republicans who disagreed with slavery. I mean this is nothing new to me. I mean it's just to me a repeat of their history. Maybe slightly different a topic matter, you know, topics, but it still boils down to oppression against liberty, and it's still the same spirit, you know, the same subject matter, although the topics are different. Yeah, well, it, it, it really is amazing to me, though. I, I just, I sit back and I see this, and we knew it was a farce from the beginning. Right, I mean, this 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 whole notion it was just for show because Nancy Pelosi and some of the elder statesmen, uh, if you can legitimately call them that, of the Democratic Party, <laughs> they understand that the majority of America, even in Democratic voting blocs, still aren't okay with open anti-Semitism. They're just not. It's the same as any other form of bigotry, and shock. Spoiler alert for those of you who maybe just takes the mainstream media's uh, word for it. Most conservatives aren't bigots. <laughs> we don't hate anybody generally, uh, and if we do have hatred directed towards someone, it's normally because they as an individual have earned it <laughs> one fashion or another. <laughs> but, but that being uh, put aside… We see this morph. We see that Nancy Pelosi – and I've been saying this a little more here lately. I kind of mentioned it a while back. I, I do not envy her actually being the Speaker of the House for this particular Congress because she does have so many loose cannons. Her job is no longer just keeping the party on the track. She's essentially trying to herd cats. They've got people literally all over okay. the place. And I almost, not quite, but almost feel bad for her at times because I never thought I'd see the day, Rod. She's the sane one now. For the love of all that's holy in heaven, Nancy Pelosi is the sane member of the Democratic Party in the House of Representatives. But then to, to see people come out and call her a white supremacist because she was willing to let this resolution go to the floor for a vote when they didn't understand that this was still just for the American people that want to be so blind as to still follow the Democrats. They need an excuse. Tell me you, tell me you don't support it, and I'll believe you. Just tell me, and that's all this was supposed to be. But then when people call out and call her a white supremacist and she can't stand up, this person who's supposed to be cutthroat and a determined leader and just, ooh, she's the kind of person that will get you if you cross her, and maybe she will. I think AOC is going to face some legal issues upcoming that probably is a result of certain Democratic leadership letting information uh, out to the public, but you know that's just me and my tinfoil hat. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But how far people are willing to go to provide cover now for someone like Omar and Tlaib and their open anti-Semitism? Uh, I mean, there's been quiet anti-Semitism in the party for a long time. We know that. There's been all kinds of racism within the Democratic Party for a long time. We know that. Uh, obviously, the folks that follow them 
want to vote for them don't necessarily realize it either because they don't want to or they're too busy watching uh, the latest episode of whatever they're watching. Uh, some Something on Netflix you can pick. I don't care. But <laughs> somebody like uh, somebody like Claiborne though. Claiborne came out and he basically said because of the amount of time that now separates – uh, the Jewish people from the Holocaust, that somehow that makes them less real, less genuine, less connected to the events that Omar faced when she was in uh, in the uh, refugee camp as a small child before being rescued and brought to the United States. How does somebody who's literally made – their political career on the idea of convincing black people in his district that they are still the victims of slavery in America say with a straight face that the Jewish people should just get over it, knowing that slavery in America actually happened much further in the past. Is he going to now turn around and tell any of his constituents that uh, they should get over the slavery thing? I, I, how, how do people manage to so. – just, yeah, how do they circle the square though? Why aren't there more people in his district upset that he said this? <laughs> well, because more people, most people in his district district have that the mindset that he he does. That's why he gets elected. That's why Nasty Pelosi gets elected. And speaking of her, you brought her up. I I and the reason why I believe she doesn't fight um, against these people, and she looks like the sane one. Well, she doesn't look that sane to me because if you go to her district where she resides over and you see what she has uh, – her policies have helped along with the mayor of that city have helped to produce, uh, turning one of the world's most beautiful cities, literally. At one time, San Francisco was considered one of the seven most beautiful cities in the world into a literal hellhole, and she – it doesn't upset her. Um, and the way she has fought against the wall, but yet lives behind fences and walls, the way she um, continues to make sure that she and her, her husband are wealthy, but yet fights against policies and principles that would allow more Americans to create wealth for themselves and to get out of the streets of, streets of San Francisco. Um, and so on and so on. So I I I uh, don't see Nancy, Nasty Pelosi that far f- apart from Omar, Aok, or any of these people because their philosophical base ties them all together. And like I said, just go to San Francisco and and see, and then come back and tell me she looks sane. <laughs> because she doesn't. Well, she's she's. Well, and the, but 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 the real insane people in, in all of this, though, to be honest with you, Tim, the real insane nut jobs are the voters who continue to vote for these people over and over and over again. And I'm talking about old folks too, not just the young folks. I know young. I know old folks that I mean, I had an elderly person spit at me one time. Because I'm not a, a, a Democrat, and they said I was crazy. Um, a white, white, white liberal elder, elderly person. So these these Democrats, they have been nut jobs for a long, long time. 
they're just a little more less mannerly, if that's a, a good term, because yeah. more, those kinds of behaviors are not taught anymore to the young, so they're just more barbaric. But they're no different, in my opinion, than than the old people. Yeah. It's all the same. Well, look at the look at the philosophical base. Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, of course. And uh, when when I say Nancy Pelosi uh, is the sane one, I, I'm obviously talking in relative terms. <laughs> Once you step back and take a look at the whole group, not so much. Uh, I mean, uh, there's there's we could dedicate a five-hour show to Nancy Pelosi alone if we wanted to. Uh, there's there's no question, but yeah, it it's still just it's so obvious at this point, and I don't see why more people aren't calling them out in the base. Again, this goes back to our main argument, but you're right. There's a lot of deep-seated – when you look at cities like San Francisco, well, let's look at cities like Detroit. I mean Detroit at one oh. point in time was – one of the the shining jewels of Western civilization, and then after eighty plus years of democratic control, it looks worse than Hiroshima did after the bombing in some communities. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Communities. And it's... It didn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. As long as there is one major metropolitan city in this nation that you can see is well run and can be kept clean and that unemployment can be kept low, and you look at what the difference is between there and how Detroit or Chicago or Los Angeles – you look at how New Orleans also sadly is getting up in that same level – you look at the differences, you look at the uh, similarities, and unfortunately, the places that are falling apart, they have a few things in common. But the biggest thing is leftist policies that promises help for the poor, but it's really designed to keep them enslaved. <laughs> you're, you're right, Tim. Uh, guess what? Here's, here's a laugher for you. Uh, this, should, this should give you a chuckle. Um, Michigan's rhino governor… Uh, who just left office, we call him Sneaky Snyder, he had slapped on a $0.25 cents per gallon tax uh, just a couple of years ago. and No, it was just last year. And lo and behold, you know, you know, the, the, you know, Michigan still has the worst roads of most of the states in the entire union. And now we have a leftist, a true leftist, communist, an Israel-hating a Democrat, an uncivilized beast, who's taken the office with a smiley face and is now pushing a 45 cents per gallon tax. Plus, on top of that, an increase in the small business tax. Now, because of the small business tax, all of a sudden that she slapped on there after she got had support for the 45 cents per gallon uh, tax, then she snuck in 
uh, a small business tax, and so people are pushing back now on the uh, small business tax. Well, the idiots should have been pushing back with a 45 cents per gallon uh, tax. Can you imagine how that would slow down economic activity uh, for trucking companies, cabs, Uber, Lyft, and all the residuals? You know, people traveling less, people just taking, you know, just doing less just on that one element. And whenever Michigan has had these tax increases, supposedly for um, roads, it has never happened. And you can pick any any year, Tim, any year of your choosing, and you could survey and look and see that the roads never improved, no matter how high they raised the taxes. And I and I just have to. I would just love to be the person that has been pocketing all this money. Somebody or a group of people are very very rich, and they're they're, they're right amongst us. That you know, some of these politicians. I know they've got to be filthy rich with yeah. the taxes because the the work is the, the money's not being spent on what they they even say the taxes are for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a horrible shame, and you make a great point too that we probably need to expand upon a little bit more. Because when you raise fuel costs, energy costs uh, across the board, but fuel cost in particular, it doesn't just hurt those sectors. It doesn't just slow uh, the economy in so much as people won't travel as much. People won't spend as much money on other things um, uh, like tourism and what have you because they won't be making it. But it also affects the cost of everything because guess what? We don't typically walk into a grocery store or our local Walmart and get things that were made in that building. <laughs> they had to be shipped there. So uh, it, it affects us in ways we really don't even realize, and that's a tremendous point that everybody needs to spend a little time thinking about. Those taxes, also like you say, is there ever anything to show for it? Uh, not often, especially uh, in certain states. There's a certain group of states. Go ahead. Could I make could I make a real quick point? Because I know you've got other subjects to cover. But I I, I, I was looking uh, earlier today. I was looking at a program which features real estate um, all over the world. And today they were featuring Dubai. Once again, I was reminded they have no financial deficits whatsoever over there. Yet. They have no taxes, but yet all of the world's businesses are over there, and the creativity is just off of the map crazy. The buildings are the tallest in the world. The houses are the most splendorous in the world. I mean, people are living in palaces, just thousands of palaces all over the place. Um, and if you go there and you work it's guaranteed that you're going to become wealthy because everyone is willing to spend this way and that way. Savings is very easy. I mean, if the American politicians really wanted things to get better in this nation, there's already examples around the world. Singapore is another one that are available for us to partake, you know, take a gander at and remind ourselves as a once capitalist nation, we're now basically a Mongol economy, um, what it really takes to create prosperity. Not this Mongolized, okay stuff that we have here in America today, 
but really look at what's happening in places around the world where they live according in at least in the financial areas. They live according to what is stated in our in our in our Constitution and Bill of Rights. They don't have these oppressive regulations and taxes. And yet the governments are not broke. The roads are all fixed. The garbage is collected. There's none of these kind of pro- stupid problems that they have in this country because they have when, – when in the financial area, they're pure, and they're not – it's more – it's not capitalism, which was a communist term. It's true free market, and they just – and they're just in, enjoying life. They're living large over there. They're, the wealth that could have been continuing – America, we don't even have the money now or the wherewithal. Or the imagination anymore to build the world's tallest skyscrapers anymore. We, you know, it's petered out, and, and and it's a sad, sad commentary on what is the greatest nation in the history of the world. How we have just allowed ourselves, our creativity, to be drained away because through oppressive taxation, through the regulations, and yes, Trump has done a good job to reduce these factors, but when you look at the fact. That these other nations that have zero taxes in many areas, and most of our competitors, remember I told you some time ago, that Tim, we need to make our our corporate tax competitive, that whatever our competitors lower theirs to, ours would always be one point below. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Most of our major competitors are now getting ready to lower their um, corporate tax rates where ours will once again be amongst the highest, if not the highest in the world, because we are very unwise in this country in how we, how we deal with these situations. Simple solutions, but the lack of wisdom is just, is just astounding in, in this country in so many areas like that. And we just put ourselves in, in, in the loser seat. Yeah. And and not just a lack of wisdom, Ron, the lack of willingness to look back at historical information. Uh, we, we don't want to look at what's working now. We don't want to look at best practices. We just want to listen to somebody tell us that uh, whenever we lower taxes, we create deficits. No, we don't have a taxation problem in this country as far as not collecting enough. We have a spending problem. Uh, it's becoming a cliche in politics, but as with most cliches, there is enough truth in it that it warrants being repeated again and again. Our federal government takes in way more than it needs to actually do its actual job, and you're right. Dubai is a tremendous example of what happens when you have government uh, restrictions removed. You eliminate that friction that stands between you and creativity, and you just sit back and see what the market will support, and suddenly everybody's freaking rich. (laughs) We we may not be able to duplicate that uh, uh, completely, but… Again, history has shown us this is the way to go to make it happen. Uh, more restriction slows the economy down and reduces the uh, economic freedoms of everyone in the nation. So you're absolutely right. All right, Ron. Uh, uh, another story that I wanted to get to, and I, this is so transparent. Um, Hillary Clinton supposedly made her statement that she was out completely. Only after I went back and reread the statement she said and then saw something that was tweeted uh, later, 
uh, by someone who uh, is close to Hillary Clinton. I don't think she's officially closed the door on running for president yet. I don't think it'll do her any good. I don't think she could get the nomination, anything like that. But I do think that she's still leaving that door open, and in that respect, she made a statement this past week that really kind of stuck in my crawl, primarily because I think this is demonstrating the leftist fear that this backlash over born alive children still being allowed to die, the, the fact that the Democratic Party has tipped its hand on how little respect it has for the sanctity of life, Hillary Clinton – was demanding that our State Department declare reproductive uh, rights, uh, in air quotes, of course. We all know that's a euphemism for uh, abortion, uh, the killing of unborn children. But she was demanding the State Department declare reproductive rights a human right. They want that established so that then all these states that are moving now like New York has but are going in the opposite direction – a whole new realm of uh, state laws to restrict abortions, either at the heartbeat or at various other places, as we're seeing. Tennessee just passed in its house uh, a bill that would restrict abortions after a heartbeat can be detected. Uh, it's pushed back from there, and I, I contend that after New York, as grotesque as their bill was for their late-term abortions, that essentially they moved us into – a post-Roe versus Wade uh, place in history anyway. I don't think it's going to have to be overturned at this point because the states are actually taking that power back, at least until somebody challenges at the federal level. We'll see where that goes. But how repugnant is it that we have people in this country who think they are worthy to hold the presidency of the United States that sees abortion as a – Basic fundamental right. Ooh. Oh, Tim, you made me nauseated. But uh, <laughs> we have to we have to face these issues. Unfortunately, I'll say something, and I pray I'm not sounding too redundant. But this this ties in together with the natural oppress oppressive nature of the Democrat Party. They're no more. They're 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 just as oppressive against an infant as they used to be against slaves. They it's just a different era and a different phase of their of their oppressive ways. And for Mrs. Clinton, Hillary, whatever, to you know to push for that. I mean that just in my opinion speaks volumes of not only her, but of the mindset. Of a major section of, of of this country, a major portion of our population. It's not just a one or two percent. It's a lot of folks out there that that think like her. That's why she got what was it, sixty three million votes, if not more than that. But um, this is. But you know what? Damn, I hate to say this too, but see, we can't. We can't see when when evil. Is just all over the place, saying and doing whatever they want to do, as is as, as the case with the Democrats. We sometimes, on the other side, have to look at ourselves and look at our past and what we've done in recent years to allow these doors to open so wide against us and our rights. And so many of us 
on our side have not been raising our children in the right way, despite the fact we may be Christians, we may be conservatives and all that. And because of that, that is why, even in some churches now, I saw – it broke my heart. I saw – I guess it was about 20 or 30 ministers, evangelicals for abortion, mostly black, agreeing with Hillary. And so um, most of your big black churches in Detroit are Democrat. They support all of this. So they're getting prayer support from the church or certain segments of the – large segments of the church, of the so-called church. So I'll put that in air quotes. And so, yeah, Mrs. Clinton is doing what she's doing, and every single Democrat and every rhino like Mitch McConnell who has been stabbing Trump in the back when it comes to the wall issue, all these people are doing what they're doing. It's because they've been allowed to indirectly, and it's going to continue to be this way. You and I will continue to be talking about – if it's not Mrs. Clinton, it will be somebody else, AOC, uh Omar, um, Biden, Mr., you know, Mr. Grabhands of, of Biden, uh, Uncle Joe, all these people. And so to, I, and, you know, I, I often look at the bigger picture – well, why is this? Tim's talking about this stuff, but there is a why, and we allow all this madness. And the, the problem is until we start really seriously pushing back, and I will not even describe because everyone can figure it out for themselves, it's just going to continue. It's like, it's like we're being allow, allowing ourselves to be painted into a corner. Of no resistance, and if we, as long as um, we don't adequately fight back, why is it that you could? Why do you think that someone who was in a horrible refugee camp in a foreign nation that came from abuse can come to this country, grow up, hate the country that has blessed her, and then the people of that country? are so stupid, are so out of their minds, they vote this Omar into office. That you know, we you know, we you know, we could point at Omar all day long and we'd be you and I would be correct in whatever we say about her. But the scarier thing and the real questions we've got to ask ourselves is why are we why are we the American people allowing this to happen? You know, uh, it, you know, we we've got to stop letting our house get dirty. It's like a person in a house. If you let your house get filthy, your your house is filthy because you allowed it to get filthy. The filth is going to show up, big deal. But what are you going to do about the filth? And I think that's a bigger question we have to start asking and really pushing, pushing, pushing that 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 concept into into the into the mainstream. Because until we start questioning ourselves. And what we're doing about what's going on will only continue to talk about what is going on while it continues to do while they continue to do their thing and do whatever they want to do. I don't know if that makes sense right. at all, but 
Um, uh, no, actually, Ron, you're you're echoing a lot of the same messages that uh, I know. Not only you say quite often on your show, I, a lot of the same things I say, uh, and even folks like uh, Annie and Kel and uh, Don Smith and and uh, Ken McClintock and, and a, a bunch of other folks that I know, uh, folks that are in this little circle of of voices that are trying to to speak common sense again and try to get folks to catch on to the notion uh it, it is on us it, it is a case where uh, unfortunately for the longest time i think a lot of folks believed uh, that uh that this is america we'll never let it get that bad they'll never go that far down the road eventually uh it'll self-correct yeah we might lean a little way we might list a little way but we'll get back on track because it's America, and I think we had a lot of faith in the system, but we didn't pay enough attention to the people we had put in charge of making sure the system worked. And now we've we've got a long road back instead of just a slight drift to correct. We we've got a lot of decades, even in some cases centuries, of incrementalism. That we're going to have to try and get back, and the thing we have to keep in mind too is we're not going to get all that back at one time either. We're going to have to push hard and be happy with small victories but never stop and celebrate so long those small victories that we lose track of the fact that the other side is already pushing back. We have to keep the ground we've gained, and we do. It is up to us. We have to do that in local elections. We have to do that in speaking in our communities, and a lot of the things that you do when you you travel and, and you uh, address uh, groups, uh, that's the kind of thing we all have to do. We need to influence wherever we have that influence. Uh, but yeah, it, it still comes down. Families, schools, uh, these are the places where this battle gets won, not necessarily in D.C. D.C. gets better. We drain the swamp. By sending better people there, and we get more better people when more people grow up knowing and understanding why the system was made the way it was, why it works better that way, and why sometimes it's better for everyone if you occasionally put your individual interest not aside but just on the back burner because, yeah, there's a great way to help yourself. Or then maybe there's that great way to help everybody, and while it's not as quickly, you help yourself too. We we need – like I, I've been saying quite a bit here recently, we need to stop electing people who want to be leaders and start electing people who want to be servants. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that, Tim. All right. Uh, switching gears again because I, I – I hate to get bogged down. If I spend too much time talking about abortion, I will get just out of my mind uh, angry, <laughs> and, and then I'm unpleasant. But uh, uh, some other stuff, uh, I continue to be uh, amazed at uh, Ilhan Omar and some of the stuff that she's been saying. But she did something that uh, I think also proves the point why she can be dangerous to the Democratic Party as a whole as an organization because she even went out of her way and attacked – Former occupier of the White House, Barack Hussein Alawakbar Obama. Uh, I, I know you've undoubtedly seen this at this point. I'm curious what your thoughts there were because not only did she do these things, then she denied it and released her audio, 
which just proved that she did do it in the first place. So <laughs> I loved your take on this story. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have a huge take on it because uh, I'm remiss to tell you. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd rather be honest and not try to stumble around and make a fool out of myself uh, or a bigger fool than the fact that when I saw I saw the, um, the heading of the story and I didn't really give a darn that she whether she attacked him or not, and I kept it moving and I didn't really pay that much attention to that story. I honestly yeah. didn't, so um, I I don't know the details of it, and all all I know is that she got some pushback and that she backed up, backed down, or whatever. But that's all I know. So, uh, all right. It, I guess because I really don't give a give a rip about him <laughs> or whatever, and I just it's probably wrong, but I just skipped over that one. Well, I mean that's perfectly fair, and yeah, that's something else too. If we stopped and read every detail of every story, man, we would never have time to actually do a show. <laughs> there's, there's too much to keep track of, so you have to prioritize. I, I just I tend to be drawn to cases of the left eating the left because I've been trying to make the case for a while now that uh, the very notion of intersectionality is doomed to failure. And I, I'm actually – I've written uh, several articles on the topic to this point, and I'm kind of thinking maybe I should rephrase some of these and, and maybe maybe even try my hand at a book uh, upcoming uh, on that topic. So stories like this really kind of get me back into that mindset because intersectionality, and I think we can agree on this point, it is doomed to failure because ultimately there has to be a hierarchy. And whenever one group yeah. feels like they're not as important as the other group – Suddenly, there's dissension. Now, there was another case where there was a little tay-to-tay that I did pay a little bit more attention to. Remember when AOC came out with her her Green Deal, basically the the Green Deal to kill our economy. <laughs> that's ba- if that's you know that's the basic way to put it. Well, right. I think it was Omar. If it wasn't Toledo, it was one of the the Muslims that came out and said. At first they supported it, and then they realized that I guess they looked at it and Israel was still on the map, and she tore it up and said, no, I'm not supporting it because you still have Israel on the map of the world. And so now it's being redone without Israel being on the map so that she will now support AOC's Green Bill. Um, And and, and there's no pushback from – Nasty Pelosi or Chucky or, or any of these people. So I don't know, man. Uh, it, it's a sick bunch, but it's a sicker constituency that would vote for these people, that these dragons. That's that's the mind-blowing thing because Satan is out there, but you don't have to vote for him and support him because he exists. And for people to support these people that are just one step below Satan and evil – and in, in such evil capacities, that is, is is really telling on a great portion of our American society and um, why we have to push back like never, ever before. And we have to think – and it's like you were, you were touching upon, Tim, about the long view. One of the reasons why the Chinese have an advantage over us because they, they think 50 years, 100 years into the, into the, into the, into the future – and they plan that way. 
And so they plan long and short, strategic, like it's a real chess game. And that is why, and, and, and see, and if, if America was smart, I'll give you an example with North Korea. You know, the, the other side is hoping, they're secretly glad that um, Rocket Man, you know, is, wants, is probably going to start living up to that name again because he's rebuilding his, his, his um, platforms, his nuclear weapons platform and all that. Uh, or so they say they, that he's doing that. And so um, rather than Trump and, and the good people panicking over it, I wouldn't care. I would say, you know what, Rocket Man, do your thing. But here's the thing in the interim. We will sanction you like never before. And number two, we're going to arm ourselves to the teeth. I wouldn't even say that part. I would just, we would just do it. And we're supposed to be doing that now, but we're not doing it in, in the way that it should be done. But that's another show. But we would arm ourselves to the teeth and then come back and say, well, okay, you've got your rockets. But I tell you what, if you use any of them against any of our allies or ourselves, you will no longer exist. We don't give a rip. And let them know. Yeah. And, and and I think you have to deal from a position of strength like that because people are going to be people. Evil people are going to be who they are. Trump tried, and I think he did it even in the right way, leader to leader. Let's talk it out. Let's meet. Now I will really be able to see. I'll call you out. You know, he spoke nice and nicely about him and was very good to the man. And so – Kim has shown what he really is. We all knew it. I'm sure Trump knew, but Trump tried. And there's a point where you just walk away and say, you know what? Cool. But if you do any harm, eh, you just won't exist. And and warn China, warn Russia. And, I mean, you, you just have to be a little crazy, but have the backup. I mean that's basically what Reagan and what Kennedy did with what Kennedy did with uh, Russia. Yep. When remember with the Cuban Missile Crisis, and Khrushchev told them, "Are you willing to t- test the will of, of Kennedy?" Because it came down to the point where look, this can go sky high right now, and who's going to blink? And Russia backed down because they saw, oh, this man's serious. Because the difference is they're not ter- they're not. Islamic terrorists where it's ingrained in, into their religion that that's the way to go. They want to overpower, but they don't so therefore they want to live to overpower. They don't want to die in caliphate just to bring about Allah or whatever they, that, that garbage is. And so that's right. the way we have to deal with them, man, from, from a, a, a look crazy. Well, you know, I, you mentioned you mentioned Reagan. I, I think you're dead on it. I think one of the things that most people don't know is that Reagan basically is the reason why Iran released our hostages in our embassy there. Uh, oh, they yeah. believed first and foremost that he was the cowboy he portrayed so very often in movies, which doesn't hurt. But he also made it quite clear. It's like, by the way, as soon as I take my oath of office – uh, before I'm done saying so, help me God. There's going to be bombs dropping in Mecca, so you decide what's more important to you. 
do you want to keep Mecca or do you want to uh, keep uh, poking a thumb in our eye? Because guess what? Jimmy Carter may have been timid and willing to let you keep poking him in the eye, but I'm not, and America's over it, so guess what? And uh, they believed him. <laughs> so it worked. Before, yes. Uh, so even I, if you are – go ahead. If you wanted to shut terrorism down, it could be done overnight. We could go to sleep, get up tomorrow knowing that there would be no more terrorism. There's Mecca, there's Medina, and there's a few other very, 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 very important sites. They think that Allah is the end-all, whatever that statement is, um, something with the end-all, and that they're the ultimate victors. Well, next time they bomb something of ours, because there is probably going to be a, a next time, they're going to do something. I would just go ahead and take out Mecca. Bam. Okay. And then say, well, if you do something else again, boom, boom, boom. Because once, see, the reason why I, I said that is because I, I've read the Quran, and you have to understand the mentality of these people, the psychology of these people. They will do as much as you allow. But once they see that not only are you t a talker, but you will walk the walk, and that your walk is stronger than their walk, they will back down just like they did against Thomas Jefferson. When they attacked our merchants, we were a brand-new nation, had never bothered anybody, didn't have the time to bother anyone. And they were attacking our merchant ships, and all of a sudden Thomas Jeff Jefferson is getting threatening letters. We're going to destroy you in the name of Allah. And he's like, who are these people? What is this? So they gave him a Quran. He says, this describes them. This is what? They believe that they're supposed to take over? Oh, my goodness. Well, we, we, we better send them a little message. Okay, boys. This is, that was the beginning of our Marines. Go over there. Yep. They say they're going to defeat us in the name of Allah. We have Jesus. We'll see who wins. Well, after, the, after they, went, they went over there and kicked their behinds, all of a sudden, what, we want to make peace treaty. We want to be friends. Thomas Jefferson said, oh, no. Just leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. And now I'm dictating the policies here. When you see our ships, back away and leave us alone. And Tim, for a long time, we did not have problems with the Islamists for a long time. Yeah. So, well, you know – it It is very disheartening, too, when you think about it, because you bring up a great uh, piece of American history that is absolutely factual. And Thomas Jefferson, he, he left us his Quran as a warning. He said, no, we don't want to be friends because he read it. He saw that this is just another ploy and that they're uh, going to be lying to us until they feel like they can get the upper hand. This was meant to be a warning. It was never meant to be the book in which members of the House of Representatives used to take their oath when they are sworn in to their office, and sadly, that's where we're at today. Thomas Jefferson would you – know, if he hasn't already gotten dizzy from turning over in his grave for so many other things, I can't imagine how he would feel about if he knew this was happening. You're right, and it's it's hard. I laugh, but I laugh to keep from crying because you're you're absolutely correct. 
and um, you know, they, they, I mean, the, the instructions that the founders left were, are as plain as the nose on our faces. They're, they're, I mean, they're not the theory of um, evolution, you know, or anything like that. They're not relativity. The theory, they're not the, the theory of relativity. It's not. It's not calculus. It's very simple, biblically based principles that have been written out in another form called our Bill of Rights and our Constitution and our Federalist Papers, which should be required reading in all of our schools. I mean, if it were up to me, starting tomorrow, Federalist Papers would would, would be taught in all of the schools. You cannot graduate from high school without reading them. We had to read them. And, uh, well, we just had good teachers that just wanted to teach us, but and we were just blessed in that regard. But most students... From our era on back, did not on to, uh, until today, rather, has not even seen the Federalist Papers, let alone, let alone re- read them. And so it's like, here we are. You know, at this point, Ron, I would just be satisfied if we had people running for elected office that could pass a test on the Constitution, and if. Uh, <laughs> Being allowed to vote required you had a fundamental understanding of, of how the government was supposed to work before you elected these people. Uh, as always, Ron, it has flied by. It is ridiculous how fast these conversations go. Uh, so uh, without any further ado, we're going to have to cut it off there. But before you go, please let everybody know where they can find all your work. Thank you, Tim, and thank you. God bless you, man, for having me on, and uh, love the growth of your show. Uh, by the way, it is growing, and uh, you do a lot of good stuff, and I just thank you, sir, for being a friend of freedom. But folks, you can uh, reach me uh, via the Ron Edwards Experience. It's every Friday on americamatters.us. If you're in the Reno area, tune in to AM 1180, KCKQ, and also uh, Sundays at 12 a.m., uh, the Ron Edwards Experience is rebroadcast on a number of stations around the country, and you can also go to TalkAmericaRadio.us on Sundays at um, at um, 12 a.m. Also, the Edwards Notebook is uh, now on daily on Captain's America Third Watch. Um, that's uh, We're now on 180 stations with more coming on probably this week around the country from coast to coast. And uh, I'm also a contributor on that show, uh, 5 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays and 4 a.m. on Saturdays. And you can tune in at am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com there. Uh, You can also read my columns, uh, their weekly opinion columns on newswithviews.com and also capitolhilloutsider.com. And please follow me on Twitter at the Ron Edwards, and uh, come join me on Facebook, Friends of the Edwards Notebook page, and also on my public figure page. And I believe this week we're going to start doing uh, the show on Facebook Live and possibly YouTube as well. But that's the Friday show at 4 p.m. Eastern on AmericaMatters.us. There you go. All right, once a- once again, Ron, thank you so very much for the. 
just the overwhelming generosity of your time, first and foremost. And thank you for, uh, as you put it, being a friend of liberty. Uh, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, you're uh, on the front lines doing the hard work, and I appreciate it, as I'm sure lots of other people, uh, certainly everyone in this audience, appreciates it as well. Thank you, sir, and I look forward to our next uh, our next visit. Absolutely, and we're all linked arm in arm together, by the way, marching together. God yes, sir. And same to you, sir. Same to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, of course, Mr. Ron Edwards, host of the uh, Ron Edwards Experience and the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook Commentaries. Ah, wow. Uh, not a lot of time left. And, you know, in the second half of uh, the show, did not get a chance to do the Edwards Notebooks or the Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. So I guess we will just have to do without that uh, on today's broadcast, and I hate that. Uh, but uh, for those of you who are listening live, you did get to hear it in the first hour. For those of you listening to KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, uh, you got to hear it yesterday, not today. We will make up for it on Wednesday's show. Also, before I go, I want to give a uh, another shout-out uh, uh Corporal Bike got back into the chat with us. Uh, COG still here, and Chief is in there. Um, I do have a secondary option now that I'm thinking about playing, so you guys let me know which you would prefer. I either have to do my Tuesday show an hour earlier, which is when Kel is still on, which I hate doing, or I can still do it at the regular time, but I would have to broadcast via Spreaker uh, instead of doing it live here at the BTR platform. I don't mind to do either, but unfortunately right now my software is screwy, so I can't just record the interview uh, ahead of time. I've got to get some new software in here, and uh, that's one of those things I was hoping to do upgrades for, and unfortunately uh, a new mixer uh, came ahead of uh, software updates. Uh, so <laughs> Forpobyte says I prefer cash. <laughs> Fair enough. So if some of you guys will let me know if you would not be opposed to me going live on Spreaker from 8 to 9, having recorded uh, my interview, that would be fine. But I can still just do uh, the BTR thing here an hour earlier than usual on Tuesday, and you guys can check it out in uh, in archives. So you don't have to leave Kel's show is what I'm saying. I've never, I've ne I haven't asked anyone to leave Kel's show. I don't want you guys to unless you just want to hear uh, that interview. Uh, so in that case, what have you, uh, and anybody listening uh, who's not here live, you guys are welcome to comment and let me know which you would prefer as well. Uh, if you normally listen – uh, in archives or in podcasts somewhere else, it will not affect the availability with the exception that uh, uh, from the Spreaker format, it actually will be automatically uploaded to YouTube as well, although audio stuff only at YouTube doesn't tend to play well at any rate. Uh, just uh, I'll, I'll let folks uh, let me know. We'll take an overwhelming look, and if people are leaning one way or the other, then uh, we'll do it uh, one way or the other. Uh, so far, I've got a split uh, vote <laughs> uh, from the uh, chat room. Uh, Vorpobite says prefers BTR. Uh, COG says that uh, Spreaker is easier for him. Uh, so, you know, 
we're split so far, but if you guys want to let me know, uh, voting, I guess, via social media, let me know, uh, starts now and is open until about this time – well, about this time Sunday, uh, Tuesday. Sunday, about this time Tuesday. All right, anyway, that's going to have to be it for me tonight, today, wherever you may be. But remember, don't take my word for it. Shoot, don't even take Ron's word for it if you don't want to. But uh, definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in a little bit of effort. I know it's so hard, but guess what? It's really worth it. It pays off in the end. Put in a little effort, and more importantly, be prepared to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. That's it for me for now, guys. I will be back Tuesday one way or the other. And, um, you know, guys, have a great week. I'm out. in both
Cause using both hands 